the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus prayed for those who mocked him, who spit in his face, humiliated him, stripped him naked, and crucified him. And he prays for them as they're doing it, as they're crucifying him. And Jesus told us to do the same thing, right? Pray for our enemies. Matthew chapter 5, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know the golden rule, right? Do to others what you would have them do to you. Nothing complicated about it, except maybe actually doing it. Today, Pastor Dan uses Jesus Christ himself as a living example of this in the most extreme example imaginable. He offers additional texts as well that reinforce this expectation for you to live in kindness with your enemies. Jesus forgave those who mocked and murdered him, and did so as the act was taking place. Who do you need to show forgiveness to today? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 27 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. When Jesus arrived at the place of crucifixion at Golgotha, he was offered sour wine mingled with gall to drink. This was a narcotic that was offered to victims to sedate them so that they wouldn't suffer as much or feel as much while on the cross. And notice that Jesus refused to drink it. He could drink it, but he chose not to drink it. He would not sedate himself choosing rather to fully experience the suffering of the cross for us. Verse 35 says, Then they crucified him, and they divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So before Jesus was hung on the cross, before he was crucified, he was stripped naked. Just think about what this is telling us. The Roman soldiers would strip people naked before crucifying them to further humiliate them. Crucifixion was designed to inflict the maximum pain and maximum humiliation. This is why Paul writes in Philippians 2, speaking of Jesus, he says, Jesus made himself of no reputation. Remember, he's God. He was in heaven, in glory, in majesty, in honor. And he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, leaving heaven, coming down to the earth, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
Jesus humbled himself and was obedient to the point of death. But Paul says not just any death, even the death of the cross, the most humiliating death. And here is the Son of God. Here is God incarnate, come down from heaven to the earth. He becomes a man. And he allows himself not only to be crucified, he allows himself to be stripped naked, to be stripped even of his clothing, and then nailed to a cross. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross, despising the shame, despising the humiliation that it required. Just think about this. God coming down as a man, Jesus Christ, allowing his creation to crucify him, allowing his creation to put him to death, to nail him to a cross, to spit in his face, to mock him, and allowing his creation to strip him naked and gamble for his clothes and hang him naked on a cross. Now, Luke's gospel tells us Luke's gospel tells us, Luke chapter 23, verse 34, that as the Roman soldiers stripped him naked and as they nailed him to the cross, that Jesus kept praying over and over, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the Greek indicates he prayed it over and over as they're ripping his clothes off of his body. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. As they're laying him on the cross and nailing in those nails, Father, oh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. First Peter chapter 2 says of Jesus, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus prayed for those who mocked him, who spit in his face humiliated him, stripped him naked, and crucified him. And he prays for them as they're doing it, as they're crucifying him. And Jesus told us to do the same thing, right? Pray for our enemies. Matthew chapter 5, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's what Jesus did. Again, verse 35 tells us this dividing up of the garments of his clothing and casting lots, you know, know, rolling dice to see who gets to keep his stuff. This actually fulfilled prophecy, Psalm 22, which was written more than a thousand years before Christ came. But even this detail that his garments would be divided among them and that his clothing would be gambled away, even that detail was predicted in the Old Testament. Then verse 36 says, sitting down, they kept watch over him there. These Roman soldiers, their job was to crucify those that were condemned to be crucified. And once the criminals were hanging on the cross, they just had to sit and watch and wait for them to die. You know what that's like. You probably have had a job at some point in your life where you were given a task and once you completed that task, you could just, you know, look at your phone or whatever and, and just wait. And for these Roman soldiers, their job was to put these guys on the cross and wait for them to die. They've got them up on the cross and now they're just sitting and watching 
and waiting. In some cases, historically, we know it took several days for a person to die on a cross. And so for these Romans, and we know that's not going to be the case here, but other times when they're crucifying people, there may be, you know, shift changes for them. You know, you've got the group of Roman soldiers that are working 7 to 3, and then the second team comes in 3 to 11, and then 11 to 7, and you, hey, yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been up there for about eight hours, you know. And their job now is just to watch and wait for these guys to die. The way people died on a cross was actually through asphyxiation. They didn't die from the nails in their hands and in their feet. They usually suffocated slowly. And the reason they would suffocate is because of the way their arms were outstretched and their body was hanging down on the cross. It made it difficult to breathe. They couldn't get a breath. And so they would slowly suffocate. What the Roman soldiers would do is they would intentionally nail the feet of a person to the cross with their knees in a bent position. You've seen crucifixes before with Jesus on the cross, and his knees are always bent. That's because the Romans would nail people with their feet, uh, with their knees bent in a bent position. And the reason they did that was so that the crucified person in this bent position, they could push themselves up on the nail that was through their feet so they could get a breath and then drop themselves back down and then push themselves up again to get a breath and then drop back down. And that drive for air, the drive for breath, the drive to stay alive would cause them to push up on the nail in their feet to get a breath. But really, they just prolonged their death. Eventually, their legs became exhausted. Their legs gave out. They could no longer push themselves up. And they asphyxiated. And again, this could take several days of a person pushing themselves up, catching a breath, collapsing down, pushing themselves up. For days slowly suffocating. Verse 37 says, and then they put over his head the accusation written against him, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. So this is his crime. He's being crucified because he is the king of the Jews. Now, John's gospel tells us that when the chief priests read what was written on the sign, they went to Pontius Pilate and they complained to Pilate saying, do not write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. And Pilate refused to change the sign. And so Jesus was put to death for being the king of the Jews. Of the Jews. Now, verse 38, we're told then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. Isaiah 53 9 says, He made his grave with the wicked. Isaiah 53 12 says, Jesus was numbered with the transgressors. We see that fulfilled here. Verse 39 says, And those who passed by, remember, They would crucify people on one of the main roads leading into the city. It's Passover time. There's millions of Jews 
who have made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They're staying all over the surrounding countryside because there's not enough room inside the city for everybody to stay. And so as these Jews are coming into the city, maybe going up to the temple to worship, as they passed by, they blasphemed him. They see that sign above his head. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And they begin to blaspheme him, wagging their heads, it says, and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, well, then come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and the elders said, he saved others himself. He cannot save if he is the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. So even the two robbers get in on this. And they're in the same boat as Jesus. It's crazy how people are. Right, I mean, you're in the exact same situation, and they're reviling him, and they're no better off. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church, and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, this mocking that we find here was actually predicted in Psalm 22. Again, thousand years before Christ was born. Psalm 22 is all about the crucifixion of Jesus. And it tells us really the crucifixion from the perspective of Jesus and what was in his mind as he's on the cross. This, I'll just read it to you. This is from Psalm 22. Now, think about what we just read and listen to how closely this follows what we just read. This is from Psalm 22. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head. Remember, they're wagging their heads. And they're saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. So there in Psalm 22, it tells us that People will come and they will see him on the cross and ridicule him. They will shake their heads, wag their heads. They will say, he trusted in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let the Lord deliver him. Let the Lord save him. And so this this crowd here of mockers and scoffers actually fulfilled scripture. They fulfilled scripture. They fulfilled prophecy without even realizing it. And please notice what Jesus was mocked for. Jesus was mocked for being the son of God in verse 40. Do you see that? If you are the son of God. 
He was mocked for being the son of God. He was mocked for being the savior in verse 42. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. He was mocked for being the king of Israel also in verse 42. And he was mocked for trusting God in verse 43. They mocked Jesus for who he really is. They mocked Jesus for who he really is. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the savior of the world. He is the king of Israel. And he did trust in the father. And notice repeatedly, they taunt Jesus to come down off the cross. Save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down off the cross. Jesus could have come down off the cross if he wanted to. Remember, Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. He could have called legions of angels down from heaven to rescue him from the cross if he wanted to, but he didn't. You know, it's good for us to consider how Jesus suffered on the cross, but it's more important for us to understand why Jesus suffered on the cross. Jesus came to give his life as a sacrifice for our sins. Romans chapter 4, verse 25 says, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. The Bible says that we all sin, every one of us. That we all do things that we're not supposed to do. We all have broken the commandments of God. We're all guilty. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God because God is a holy God and he can't dwell in the presence of sin. And the Bible says that our sin actually puts us under God's wrath and God's judgment. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3 says we were deserving of God's wrath because of our sin. Jesus says in John 3, we were condemned already. So it's not a question. Listen, please give me your attention. It's not a question of are we guilty or not guilty? Are we deserving of judgment or not deserving of judgment? Are we condemned or not condemned? The Bible is clear. We are all guilty before God. We all deserve God's judgment. We all, Jesus said, we're already condemned. In fact, David says we are sinners from the moment of our conception. That we come into the world as sinners. We are born already ruined by sin. Deserving of God's judgment, deserving of God's wrath, already condemned. That's the bad news. You got to hear the bad news before you can hear the good news. That's the bad news. The good news is Jesus came to give his life for our sins. Jesus came to die in our place as our substitute to pay for our sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. Somebody's got to die for our sins. And so Jesus left heaven and came down to the earth and became a man and died in our place. Isaiah 53 that I've mentioned several times over the last few weeks. Isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you understand when Jesus was on the cross, all of our sins were put upon him. All of our iniquity was laid upon him. And he took God's wrath against our sin for us in our place. First Peter chapter two says Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, on the cross. He bore our sins for us so that we don't have to. Second Corinthians chapter five says, for God made him, Jesus, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And what that is saying is all of our sin was put on Jesus. Jesus became sin for us and God punished Jesus for our sins. And then all of the righteousness of Jesus was deposited into our account. And so now we stand in his righteousness, not our own righteousness because we're unrighteous. We can't stand in our own righteousness. We stand now in his righteousness that has been put into our account. This is why Jesus did not come down off of that cross and save himself from the cross, even though he could have, even though he could have escaped the cross and gotten himself out of this whole scene. He stayed on the cross, the Bible says, because of his great love for you and for me. And his desire to forgive our sins. And his desire to save us from God's wrath and judgment. And his desire to reconcile us to God so that we can spend eternity with him. Our sin is the issue that had to be dealt with. And we couldn't deal with it. We couldn't do anything about it. And so God... In heaven, he didn't look down and say, well, you did this to yourself. Or you got yourself into this mess. No, God, because of his great love for us, decided to leave heaven and glory and majesty and honor and humble himself and become a man and dwell on the earth. And offer himself as a sacrifice for you and for me, for our sins. This issue that had to be dealt with so that he could remove that issue. So he could remove that that hindrance that kept us from God so that now now we can come to God. And now we can have a relationship with him. And now we can have the assurance of salvation, the assurance of eternal life with him. This is why he stayed on the cross. This is why he allowed himself to be spat upon and mocked and stripped naked and humiliated and nailed to a cross. He was doing that to remove all of our sin so that we could be reconciled to God. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus, that you came. We thank you, Jesus, that you endured the cross, despising the shame, that you were willing to lay down your life for us, to remove our sin, to reconcile us to the Father. 
Lord, we are grateful for your love. We're grateful that you were willing to die for the ungodly. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join Him because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.